0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the show. <laughs> Hopefully you're doing, uh, doing good, starting your day out right, getting things going. Let me uh, get some things set up here. Running a little behind schedule, but I got my, my coffee, and I think uh, I think we'll be good to go. I hit the right button. First things first. Welcome to Break the Cycle with DSD. I am your host, Dwayne. I'm not a therapist or an attorney. I am an individual much like you that's uh, been through a really tough and traumatic experience. And I have developed some tips and techniques that I used throughout my nine-year ordeal that I share with you to help you get your life back. Break the Cycle of Emotional Abuse. And if you have kids, to help strengthen the relationship and hopefully undo some of the parental alienation that inevitably you have been experiencing. Like I always remind everyone, only a licensed professional can diagnose an individual with a personality disorder. So leave that to the professionals. Be careful what you say about people because it could get you in trouble, hurt your credibility or like yesterday, like our guest yesterday said, people can now even start suing people for defamation, which I hadn't actually heard that going on. Are happening so that's an interesting twist of events if you like what's going on here and you want to support the channel you can do that by becoming a channel member and when you do you be you get special badges custom emojis your name listed in the credits and access to member only events if you don't want to be a channel member but you do want to support what we do you can uh, do super chats which highlights your comments on uh, a live show and or find other ways, or through PayPal and other stuff through the uh, Dad's Plumbing Doors website. If you want to get a text notification of when the show goes live, so you don't miss out, you can text DSD Live to 84-598-0012-84-598-0012, and that'll put you on an SMS list. And at five fifty five, right before I go live, you'll get a text message with a link for the show. So that you can just click that and just drop right into the show. And for the if you want to participate, the other phone lines are open. You can dial into the show. And you can do that by dialing 1-424-373-5483-1424-DSD Live. Hey guys. Hopefully you are doing okay. I see somebody asked a question. Uh says, what's the name? Let me see. Well, let me highlight that. Uh oh, I actually highlighted someone else <laughs> It's the uh, uh, Dustin's Dirt Bike, and I, uh, there, it's actually on, uh, on YouTube, but it, I actually got it through uh, artlist.io. It's my royalty-free site for music, and I just thought I, I really liked it. seems to, to go really well, and uh, yeah, I'm glad you guys like it too. It's like a good way to start the morning, right? I mean, it just like fires everything up, gets everything going. Speaking of getting things going, I, I, I don't know if you guys noticed, I, I had posted that my, uh, I wonder if I could pull this up real quick. My, does it show up? I can't see it, but right here is where my roadcaster goes that died. The, well, it kind of died. The clock, uh, fell, started losing time and I was able, or sent it in and they're replacing it and I should have mine maybe today. It looks like it might be out for delivery today. So that'll be nice. I'll be able to get my setup right back, <clears throat> make it right as rain, so to speak. Anyways, let me just see what's going on in the comments this morning. I don't know about you guys, but, but I am like dragon today. Let's see. Uh, well, I'll grab this one. LJ says, I just had a call with my attorney because my ex has not complied with custody. He has not seen kids five times in two years. I hate this. Is it better for the kids don't see a narc? The kids cry over him and ask. Um, okay, that's a really great question, and it, there, there's a, it, it's nuanced. Let's just say right off the bat, this is super tough for kids, and to be rejected by a parent is very confusing. You don't under, they don't understand why. They take it very personally. Hence the reason why they're asking and crying. The thing, there, there's, a, there's a couple of aspects of this that you have to think about. And I'm trying to think which way, I, what angle I should start this with. And what I'll say right off the bat is try to, see, here's the problem with kids is sometimes they react in a way that they, sometimes it's, it's genuine and it's really how they feel. Okay. Sometimes it's because they think that's the way you want to react, not that the way you want them to react. And it's really tough, right? It's really tough to really drill through sometimes to figure out what, what's genuinely happening with your child as opposed to what they think they're supposed to do, what they, th- you know, either what they think the other parent's supposed to wants them to do what you want them to do. So I would be cautious of how you respond, right? I mean, because if you give them extra, if they equate that to where, oh, well, in like in your situation, you said, uh, him. Okay. So if they're saying that, that, uh, if they're thinking that, okay, well, if I, if I get upset, then mommy gives me more love, uh, and and I get more attention and they start equating that to that, that can start a, a bad trend. So I would, you know, acknowledge their, their pain and then try to move away from it as quickly as possible. You know, uh, the other aspect of this, well, I'll leave, I'll stay on this part of it. I would, I, I know some people don't like therapists and, and that whole thing. I have changed my, over the last nine years, I have absolutely changed my mind on this. Uh, I, depending on what age your kids are, um, I'm not sure cause you didn't put that in there, LJ. What I would say is when it's appropriate, I would try to get your kids into some some therapy to help them work through that because you do not want or none of us want our kids to take that trauma into adulthood and then have to repeat the same thing we're going through because in their mind... They never got the love from their father, so they're trying to replicate that, so they can prove that this surrogate person, who is their who who in their mind is their child, not their child, is their parent, and inevitably that is a train wreck. It's like when I mean I I can look at my situation. I mean that I know now that that's exactly what I was doing, and the result of that is I repeated exactly what happened in childhood with me and now my kids are going through the same thing now i'm working very diligently to try to break that to try to give the kids the skills and the awareness and the self-worth and the boundaries so that they do not repeat that the last part of this that i just want to say and I see this a lot. Actually, I haven't seen this in a while, but the first first few years of this channel, I would see this a lot. You say they're four okay, I see you say they're four and seven. And uh so seven, four is probably might be too young. Seven could be appropriate age to to consider therapy. Uh, anyways, my point is is that I've seen a lot of people who get into a situation and they're angry and they they go back to court for primarily a lot of times what happens is it's like you know the ex is supposed to see the kids they never see the kids you know like maybe they got 50 50 or maybe it's maybe it's standard visitation maybe it's the standard you know every other weekend and the person never comes around and you're angry and you're like you know what this is messed up if they're not going to see the kids i need more child support and then they go back to court and to almost to a T, they always regret it because the first thing that a abusive person, a narcissistic person does is they turn around, they spin it, they, they blame it on the other person saying, well, I don't see the kids because the ex is alienating the kids. They're a horrible person. I'm just trying to get on with my life. I'm trying to make my peace with it. Now this is happening. And then they typically what happens is, is then they go for more time. Which then goes to your original question. I'll pop this back up on the screen. Uh, Is it better the kids don't see a narc? In my opinion, yes. It's better that they do not see a narcissistic parent. So, in my mind, and I don't have this. This isn't what happened to me. But in my mind, if you have a person who who is not inserting themselves in the kid's life or does it very rarely... In a lot of ways, it's a blessing. It's hard on the kids because because they're dealing with that trauma and that abandonment. However, you having less interaction of a person who's basically going to try to burn your environment to the ground is a positive thing. Hopefully that helps and answers that question. I do want to recognize, I wonder if I can pull this up over here, Uh, A new member, MFA, has become a new member to the channel. So welcome and thank you for that. Uh, Make sure if you are on the Discord that you link your Discord account to your YouTube account and it'll automatically give you permissions to the member-only area in the DSD Discord. So if that'll... Yeah, there it goes. Okay. Moore says, DSD, I've been following Melissa since 2014. Need her on as a regular guest. And on that, that is, uh, I think that is going to happen. We had a brief discussion after the show and then uh, did some texting at even at farther after that. So uh, she's willing to do that, and I would absolutely love to have her. That was, man, that, that was such a great conversation if anybody who is watching this right now didn't see that or doesn't know what Techmore is talking about, yesterday we had Melissa Isaac from the Isaac Law Firm out of Montgomery, Alabama, who is a father's rights, or a men's focus channel, uh, not channel, <laughs> a men's focus attorney. Uh, and it was, an in, it was an interesting conversation with her for her to have the, the perspective of an of a alienated child to grow up, recognize that, and have a passion to to go into child psychology. Probably my guess would be to try to rectify some of her own experiences and then seeing an opportunity to say, you know what, there's no attorneys who are really focusing on this issue. Let me jump into it. I really wish there was more like that. I mean, I said it yesterday, and I shall say it again. Uh, I would have loved to have had her uh, uh, as my attorney. That I mean, just. I mean, I know some of the stuff. I mean, we didn't really talk about it too much. My ears clogged up on the left, It's so uncomfortable. Uh, for anyone watching the video and saw me do the the ear popping yawn, <clears throat> anyways. But uh, I would have absolutely loved to have had her as as my attorney. Okay, I'm going to grab this one because it is. Because Boyd Boyd says, nope, kids need both parents. I agree with you. I agree. However, if one of them, if one of the parents is caspering out and is spending all their time someplace else, don't go chasing them. If they're in the life and they're going to be, they're going to show up, great. If they are going to go and do other things and ignore their children and not be a part of it, Pushing that button is a, sh- I mean, I've seen it time and time and time and time again. It turns into a freaking train wreck. And I, again, I agree with you, Boyd, but what typically happens is, is like that, that person who has been looking away from their kids and, and the ex freaking turns back around and focuses every ounce of their energy on that situation. They ramp up parental alienation to a T and most of the time it, tends, it sends the kids into a tailspin because the, the emotional manipulation that's happening towards them is, is just turned on to a thousand and then the kids basically start saying, you know, well, you, it's because of you you've done this, you've done that. And it turns everything into a train wreck. I, I had a piece of advice from a friend of mine that I worked with and I didn't understand it at the time because I was so angry about this. I was kind of in that mindset. I was in that mindset that things needed to be fair and they needed, you know, yada, yada, especially with the money aspect of it. Cause I was just getting brutalized and I was talking to this buddy of mine at work and he had full custody. He, he had, it was completely opposite. He had full custody of his kids. The ex was not paying attention to the kids at all, was living with her new boyfriend and would, would barely come over and see the kids would barely engage. And, uh, and I was like, man, that is so messed up. I mean, if she's supposed to have 50, 50 and she doesn't have, I mean, it's more like, you know, 99, you know, one, you know, you're paying too much. You need to, you know, you need to hold her accountable or whatever. And he's like, brother, here's the deal. I'm paying to keep her away. Every time she comes around, she messes with the kids, screws with their heads. It sends everything off the deep end. And I have to spend weeks trying to undo the damage that, that she's done. And to be perfectly honest, even when he said it to me, I didn't get it. I'm like, I'm like that is, no, no, you should force the issue, man. And uh, I can look back on it now, and that guy was spot on right. He's like, man, if I go back for that, she's going to turn around and like that. Just what I said is what he said to me would happen. And I've seen it to a T. It, the sad part is, Boyd, is you are absolutely right. The kids do need both parents, but sometimes somebody, but sometimes they just don't show up. But I appreciate you saying that because, I mean, I if I, I don't want my, my message to be skewed or not clear Oh, speaking of guests, <clears throat> going back to the Melissa thing, uh, it appears as though to, uh, spe- an actual special thanks to uh, uh, member Tiffany, who reached out to Amy Baker to see if she would be willing to come on the show and talk about parental alienation and co-parenting with a toxic ex and her, her different views and products and books and resources on parental alienation uh, looks like Maybe next week we might have Amy on the show, so uh watch out for that. I'll probably be asking for specific questions uh, from you guys for topics to hit while i while we have her on the show uh i haven't haven't finalized the date yet I'll work on that later today. but that's exciting and uh i I do have to admit that the email that uh Tiffany sent out to to amy was a heck of a lot better than when i dropped it up i'm like dang hell i want to be on that show <laughs> isn't it weird how it's hard to write stuff about yourself I like i need i lean like an administrative assistant who can uh, who can like be that go-between so i don't tar- uh, so i don't torpedo myself uh boyd says thank you for the clarity oh well, thanks for saying that i'm glad you're still around and uh Uh, And I appreciate you, like I said, I do appreciate you mentioning that just so that uh, I um, can clear that up. Oh, you know what? I want to grab this. Um, Where where is that? Scorp, Scorp's, oh my gosh. It's like sometimes I just, I mean, the chat's not even going that fast. And I'm trying to, where is that? Uh... Yeah, okay, Scorps Corpses says they'll eventually be rejected when they don't follow the quote-unquote NARC rules. That abandonment hurts on multiple levels. Oh, it does. You know what, and here's here's the thing. Not to say that just because a parent has been basically erased means that they're the bad one. If you take my situation, my personal situation, I was alienated from my father. For his own mental sanity, he basically just had to say, okay, you know what? I was able to save one of them. I wasn't able to get to the other one. That would be me. I would be the other one. And I spent a lifetime not understanding why my dad didn't love me, didn't want to be around me. My mom had screwed with my head so much that I, I believed all the, all the crap that was said. Even with it, I still wanted a relationship with him. But that absolutely followed me into adulthood and I constantly was trying to repair the relationship but even when I was trying to repair it I was still under I was still under the spell, under the influence of my uh, my mom so I just want to also be clear that just because you know you have a situation like that I, I guess what I'm saying is is that if as I'm talking about that, if you're like, hey, hey, dude, that's me. I can't see my kids. My ex is making it to where I'm out of their life. She's telling everyone this whole stuff. I get that that happens. I absolutely get it. And it's, that's what makes this, these, this whole situation so freaking hard is that it's really difficult to know what is, what's real. Who's telling the truth? What's, you know, what's really going on? My approach has always been on this channel as I basically decide, okay, if you're here, I'm believing your story. I mean, obviously there's two sides to every story and I try to provide actionable uh, options that make the situation better. But, I mean, I I, I get it, you know. Like I said, my, my dad was on the flip side to that and up, up until... Way, way, way into adulthood did I realize that that it wasn't quite the way it seemed, and I'll, and to be perfectly honest, I can say that he didn't necessarily help. Every time I had an interaction with him, he came across as angry and bitter, so I just took a lot of what he said with a grain of salt because I figured it was colored under that, and uh, you know it took me a long time to really to really see what was going on. So, all right. Chaco is having, or says, I am always having the same nightmare that my kids will never wake up from that alienating dream where they think whatever the narc mother tells them. Man, dude, I hear you with that one. I remember in the early part of my situation, you know, doing my best, and I literally was like, oh my God, I'm going to keep beating my head against the wall, trying to get through to the kids and not seeing success, not, uh, I mean, literally I was looking at it going, okay, so maybe, maybe when they're in their mid twenties, they'll start to see this, you know, maybe all this pain and frustration that I'm going to go through for the next 12 years will ultimately result in them seeing, seeing the light. But for the for the longest time, I was like, "Oh my God, this is this is th- it's hard. This stuff is not easy." You know, I mean, I try to make not not light of it, but I mean, I, I don't want this to be a completely depressing channel, uh, and I don't want uh, I want to give you guys hope, right? Because I didn't have hope in the beginning part of this. I didn't have a DSD channel that I was going to with somebody. Who was talking about narcissism and cluster B and you know NPD in the rela- in relations to a, re- a failed marriage with kids? When I first started looking for information about what seven eight years ago six seven years ago, there were people who were talking about just NPD in general talking about it in the in the in the context of a romantic relationship with no kids. But nobody was talking about it in the context of, okay, you have this attachment. you have this ongoing just mess that uh, you know how do you get through it, right? So I was trying every I, I was I was kept trying and changing things up to see if something would work. And for the first year, I had no idea with whether what I was doing was correct or not. Now, maybe I don't actually I need to double check. Maybe uh, like Amy Baker's books are were available back then. And I just didn't understand what I was looking for or I don't know. I have to double check to see what those resources. But I couldn't find them. I didn't have them. Nobody recommended them. It was one of those things where it was really it was really tough. So, again, I mean, that's the whole purpose of this is to try to share with you guys saying, look, this stuff worked. When I give you guys the steps that I used, I ultimately started seeing results after a a bit of time. It took basically patterning a new behavior for me to try to demonstrate to the kids that I was not what I was being portrayed to be, and it's, I mean, now they get it right now. They can, there's enough distance from it, but I'll tell you at the beginning, they were, you know, you're this way, you know, you're an angry bitter person and you yell at us and you know, you're stressed out all the time. And you know, and a lot of that was true, but I had to demonstrate by my own actions that that was not the person I was at now, you know, now I can have like a conversation, especially like with my 21 year old and say, look, you know, I was under so much stress. I was always on edge. I was always super tense that it, it was just one of those things where I wasn't able to, uh, you know, calm myself down. Now I try to keep my environment as mellow as possible. So it takes a lot to get me, uh, get me going. Although I will say somebody at work did something the other day that, uh, that gave me a flashbacks to my old self. Anyways, I think I have a caller. So uh, area code doesn't say what it, the, oh no, it's screening in right now. So, all right, let me uh, click the right buttons. I think it's, I think it might be Tina. Hello and welcome to the show.
1: Hi, yes, I'm calling in because I wanted to talk about how do I deal with a narcissist in court? Um, what's the best way to deal with them when they're lying against you? Um, my, my situation is my ex kept the kids from me and uh, changed the locks on the door and kept them away. And now he's classifying me as mentally, you know, um, accusing me of neglecting and abusing my kids when I've done none of that. So, what's the best way to win custody and get the judge to see your side and that you're telling the truth and he's
0: not? No, that's a good question. Um, if you if you haven't seen the interview I did yesterday with Melissa Exaic, I would I would encourage you to to watch that because she did talk about that. I mean, the short answer on it is just because someone makes an allegation doesn't mean that they have the evidence to show it. So you need an attorney or you are well hopefully you have an attorney and if not if you're representing yourself you need to demonstrate that there isn't proof of those accusations. And what you're talking about is like common tactics that they use, right? They they push up they push one of the parents out of the picture, then they start slandering the or smearing I'll say the reputation to try to basically paint that uh, that you're that they're the they're the better fit to be the permanent person and the other person is a is a mess. So just because they're doing that and just because he's winning right now doesn't mean that you're going to that that's the way it's going to go. But the the key point on this is you have to make sure that your actions are spot on. You have to make sure that you don't lose your cool, which is really tough because that's what this whole situation is is, is designed to do and to make sure that you don't basically take the bait that he's trying to lay out for you to, to he's when the whole point of it is to make his case, right. For you to respond in a way that he could turn around and say, look, there's my evidence right there. Look at how this person is acting unhinged. And that's my evidence of, of, uh, of her being mentally unstable and a danger, so to speak. So what you're going through is very typical, is very typical actually, you know, and, and, I'm glad you're calling in because so many people think that it's like, it's a rigged system against men, you know, you know, that what's happening is, but once you start looking at it, it's, the system is rigged against a a non-narcissistic evil person, right? So it doesn't matter if it's, I mean, a, a man can just as easily do exactly what you're just describing as a mom. I mean, it's more common for, I guess, the mother to do it, but what the, 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 the situation you're in is exactly the tactics that they use. You just have to be very careful that you don't reinforce anything or, like I said, demonstrate that what they're saying is true, right? And the sad part is, is typically when they hit, and it's like this is what Melissa was talking about yesterday, oftentimes they prime the pump. Everyone is already convinced thinking, you know, this, co- you know, this, uh, this person is, uh, has a problem and it's like they're hyper-focused looking for it. So you just have to make sure that you don't demonstrate any of those things. Does that make sense?
1: yes it does and i if it's okay i have another question too um sure okay my thing is also i had there's like false evidence on the court docket um and i was i wanted to say something in court about it but i was advised not to say anything and so how would you recommend i deal with that because i want the judge to know the truth that that's not true about me and he's lying However, um, with an attorney, I mean, it's good to have one, but I was advised not to say anything or that wasn't important, leave it alone, but I don't want my reputation to be tarnished. So should I just keep the attorney for a couple, I don't know, maybe a month or so until, because I, you know, like in court, you um, build up your time, to have time with the kids. I'm just now having time with the kids alone. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking about, should I just wait, just keep him until that time is up, in which I have time with my kids alone, you know, because they're kind of like testing me out since they believe his false allegations. Right. Or should I just get rid of them now and just tell the judge, hey, this is not the truth. There's false evidence on the court docket. This is really what happened. Here's my evidence. Because I was advised by the attorney not to talk about past evidence. Uh, well, my ex is a narcissist. He brings up all false allegations and information in regards to the past. That's false. So what do you suggest there?
0: Well, I, what I'll tell you is what I think your attorney is saying, and I've, and I've talked about this in, in the past, is attorneys and the judges know that most of this stuff is BS, right? I mean, even if, like, again, referencing the interview from yesterday, uh, Melissa even said that. I think, I think if she was your attorney, she would actually fight that. Uh, and try to make sure it's cleared out. But I think typically what these people think is like, okay, well, you know what? It's all going to come out in the wash. They're not going to believe it anyways. And what you're talking about, and this is kind of similar with what happened to me, my ex started throwing some, and actually it's actually not, you mentioned it, it's still in the court document, all those false allegations. And, uh, but even with it, It's like the the, the court didn't believe it. They increased my access to the kids on that first hearing, even with all this really negative stuff out there. And it sounds like you're kind of going through that same process. Now, the thing that sucks about it is now you're stuck, kind of like the same way I was, you're stuck in the mode to where now you're having to prove yourself. I mean, they've already classified you as, well, we don't know. She might not be great, so let's just see. And your attorney's probably saying, okay, look, well, you got a little extra time. You're going to do fine. We'll be able, when we come back, to say, okay, you know what? We've had this extra time. You know, the, the whole world hasn't collapsed. Okay, that was probably a bad example in our current environment. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like your world hasn't collapsed. Right. And uh, now we should go to a, a different timeshare or, you know, 50-50 or whatever. Um, it's, it's really tough. I mean... So I, I don't know. I mean, if I was in your situation, I understand what your attorney's trying to do. Uh, if you could find somebody who would, who was like the attorney we had yesterday, who would really go to bat for you, that would probably be, be better. I mean, at least make you feel better. Cause I know I didn't feel better whenever it was like all these allegations were just thrown out there. And the approach we took was just to pretend that, well, just that it was BS. You know, I mean, and that's actually, that's actually kind of what I did. I'm like, okay, well, all, in my situation, what I told my attorney is like, well, all this stuff that she's saying, if it's true, I'm going to get fired and terminated because I'm not going to be able to maintain my career. So it's beat it's bull. Right. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm worried about. That's the fear, you know, because people look at that stuff on the court docket. Although my attorney said no one looks at that. I still in, believe you know when what? they do background checks, they see
0: that. I i have a career where they do they do the initial background checks, and then every, I'll just say this, every five years, I have another reinvestigation where they go through everything. Nobody looked at it. Uh, so the only thing they did look at them, it was finances, and, uh, you know, they did, I mean, even in the situation, I mean, it's actually, what I have to go through is they even try to get a hold of the ex to interview her to say, hey, what what's my character like, right? So realistically... Right it's probably no one's ever going to look at it. Uh, I, I, so I I mean, I hear what you're saying on it, but try. I would say try not to overstress about it just because I know where you're at because that's exactly where, I mean, nine years ago when I was going through this, where you are or what you're talking about emotionally, actually, to be honest, our stories sound very similar and I was losing my mind. I'm like, oh my God, this crazy person is going to affect my professional career. I'm probably going to lose my job this is just, I can't believe this is happening. How do I fight it? And uh, it was, uh, right. it was not a good time. Um, so I don't know if that, I don't know if that, I guess, I guess I can of, I didn't really give you a great answer. I guess what I'm saying is, is that, you know, maybe interview other attorneys to get another opinion, you know, say, Hey, look, here's my situation. Is this the right approach? Would you do something different? And if you find someone that seems more, uh, in tune with what your needs are, then maybe switching is a good thing. And, uh, if not, then, you know, just, I guess, understand that, you know, it sounds like you're already starting to win the argument. They're already starting to modify the time. You know, the hard part is like with what you're talking about is now the kids are starting to get brainwashed, even if it's subversive and not completely overt, but, uh, uh, But, but I will say that interview I'm supposed to have next week with Amy Baker was going to touch on the key issues that you're talking about. So, so keep an eye out for that because there'll probably be some really good information that will be help that'll, will apply specifically to your situation. So did that help?
1: That does. Um, if it's okay, I want to say this also. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm scheduled to have a modification of the order in like a two months. So usually it's like in two years, but I mean, does that kind of thing good to where you can, I mean, could I possibly get false evidence removed off the court docket then, you know, um, cause, could I kind of like put in, you know, like what happened and talk about what happened at that time.
0: It depends on what, I mean, is that a trial? Is it an evidentiary hearing? It kind of depends on, on what the process is. And again, you're going to need to talk to either your current attorney or another attorney to find out how the procedures work for your your particular jurisdiction. My guess is that people, most people, are probably going to re- recommend you not do it and just be focused. So, you know, they'll probably say, "Look, just focus on what you know what you've been able to do with the kids, how the relationship's progressing, and how you how we need to modify the time." Uh, and I will say that from what you're saying if they're already saying that normally a modification wouldn't occur, are you on, per- let me ask you this. Are you on permanent orders or are they temporary right now?
1: Um, I guess it's, it's temporary.
0: Okay. Well then that's good. So, um, no. So then you're, you're on track. If you were if it was permanent, like if like the permanent custody orders were X and you were going back for modification, then you'd probably have a tougher time. Uh, but right now, typically it, it, you're kind of following this, the standard pattern of how this works. One parent monopolizes time with the kids, disparages the other parent, the court errors on the side of caution saying, you know, okay, well this person, you know, is saying that this is going on. So we're going to, you know, we're going to go through this process to see, to see what, uh, what's right. happening. And then, you know, you prove that it's not true or that it's, it's been a lie and then they equalize it and make it. Make it normal. Uh, when me and I say normal, I mean more like towards fifty fifty, uh, or change it. So, are you going right. to try to get full custody, or are you trying just to get fifty uh, fifty? I want to at
1: least joint. I'm not yeah, trying yeah. to keep the kids from the father. I never that never was my objective. Never done that. Right. But the thing is, my attorney in court mentioned like, okay, you're not going to get joint custody because the judge asked me. So I was like, okay. Um, so what should I do? She said, well, you're not going to get joint custody because. My, the judge was cutting my lawyer off. So I don't know if she does not, does not like him or, or what. Like He was saying he changed locks on the door. He did this. He did that. And she cut him off. And so I think that's the reason why. But I need to ask him to be for sure why he suggested I wouldn't get joint. Now, um, that was the final hearing. However, the, um, the judge mentioned that I have three months uh, to modify the order. So oh, okay. um, that's the thing that's why I was thinking about maybe getting information in that way. I mean, are you still thinking the same way pretty much like that could not be the designate time to do that. We should just talk about things moving forward or perhaps that now that you know what's gone on, um, like I explained it more clearly in detail what's gone on. Um, do you think I should incorporate like really what happened then?
0: It depends if, if the judge is already cutting your attorney off and, and is leaning towards the other side, then you got to be careful because, because if he's already buying into some of that, if you've, you're almost, you could potentially be taking the bait and hurting your, your position more. I would encourage you, if you can just do a consultation with another attorney in the, in the area, if you can find one that has a good reputation, uh, you know, word of mouth or has, you know, people, if they say, Oh, you know, attorney Smith is, is, uh, You know, whatever. I mean, you know, you get you hear good things like wins a lot or whatever. Chat with them and find out. Because a lot of unfortunately in family court, a lot of it has to do with the reputations and the relationships that the attorneys and the judges have. We go in there thinking that it's all based on truth and and integrity and you know our day in court. And unfortunately, uh, especially in family court, it doesn't typically work out that way and it's a very bitter pill to swallow. So you might in this situation, and since you're kind of on, uh, you know, on the rails, so to speak, you might want to just, just for your, I mean, here's the thing. If you go talk to, if you go do an hour consult with another attorney, even if you have to pay, you know, maybe a hundred bucks or something like, I think in our area, well, there's some areas you have to pay. Some areas they'll do a free consult and just get some, say, look, here's my situation. This is what's going on. I'm not sure if I feel comfortable with this. Am, am I going down the right path? And if, and if you talk to one or two and they're like, oh yeah, you know, your attorney, you know, bill, attorney bill is phenomenal. Or I think you said it was a, a female, you know, attorney Sue is a, is a, a male. Okay. You know, if they say that, oh, that's a, you know, great person, you know, you got, it's good. Um, yeah. That, I, I agree with that. Uh, then at least it gives you a little bit more uh, understanding what's going on. Um, I, the only caveat on that I would say okay. is,
1: so I just, I tell my situation and then mention the attorney's name as far as to see how their reputation is. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah. The only thing, the last part of on that, I was just going to say is just be careful of that because a lot of them aren't going to disparage. Are they're not going to necessarily say anything bad about another person because they have to work with them, right? So I mean, I wouldn't necessarily expect them to say, "Oh my God, you need to get away from that person." you know, you, that person will cause st- you. I mean, they might, but more than likely they won't. So it's going to be more of the nuances they won't. where you just, you know, you, you want to, going to want in and say, Hey, look, I need a sanity check. I'm not sure if this is going right. Um, I had some friends recommend that I get a second opinion, uh, and maybe potentially change attorneys. So I just wanted to, to, to run through what, what's going on, get your perspective, whether you think, uh, you know, uh, you know, what would be your approach? How would you do it? And then then you're in a better position to make a decision saying, okay, I, I get what this person says. And it's really tough. I think most of us end up in a situation that most people don't. I mean, like I tried to get a recommendation for an attorney. No one was, nobody was telling me anything. Um, you know, so I just picked one arbitrarily and uh, um, I picked one out of the area, which was a colossal mistake. I didn't realize that at the time because I thought, well, an attorney's an attorney. It doesn't matter right? They come into battle, they have their their armor and everything. And I didn't understand the relationship factor and the fact that local attorneys know the judges, they know the other attorneys, they can, you know, the other attorneys will actually call them back. Because when I had an attorney outside of the area, which is my first one, uh, the ex's attorney would never return his calls, would never respond. Whereas when I find he ended up getting sick, so I ended up switching to a local attorney who had a much better reputation. And now all of a sudden, you know, The other attorney would respond, you know, stuff was going back and forth and uh, it, there's a, I mean, a lot of it is relationship based and professional reputation based, which is absolutely wrong, but it's the reality of it.
1: That's true. It's the reality of it. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. Um, So yeah, you gave me good advice. I'm going to go ahead and do that. Any other suggestions that you might have?
0: No, I think take that and and go with that. I would, I like I said, I would ha- recommend you watch the, uh, the uh, the Melissa uh, Isaac Law Firm interview I did yesterday. Uh, I haven't read this book, but this co-parenting with a narcissist or co-parenting with a toxic ex from Amy Baker uh, sounds like a really good book and looks like it helps to deal with uh, the psychology of what your kids are going through and gives you better techniques on on how to deal with that, you might want to read something like that. Um, I had read way back in the day, divorce poison. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up real quick. Uh, it was uh, divorce poison by Dr. Richard Warshak. It's an older book, but that gave me a lot of information on how to deal with it too. Um, I think Amy's information is probably a little more updated, but, uh, I would bottom line, I'm, you know, try to find some resources to help with your specific situation would probably give you a little bit of peace of mind, help you understand what's going on and give you some pointers on what to do to try to undo some of the damage that's already happened.
1: That's what I need to do. Um, because I also filed, and I don't know if I did the right thing or not, but I did, I filed, um, to vacate an order because I was thinking about actually getting rid of the attorney. Um, because like what you were saying, uh, when I saw that false evidence on the court docket, I got I, I was I got shook. I got yeah. afraid because I'm like, okay, like how you said this is not true about me. This could mess up my reputation. This could potentially mess up other things that's very important to me. Right. So, I mean, this is a lot to deal with. I mean, oh yeah. So I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, I and I I'm glad you have this mind open because I think a lot of people don't understand that they have never gone through this. Oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah, because you get so confused and I've never been so confused in my life, honestly. Yep. So um, it's an emotional process, um, but you still got to think logical. Yeah. So yeah. Um, thank you. And uh, how often are you on the line?
0: Uh, I'm at Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Pacific. The only time I don't have the lines open is when I have a guest. I don't do call-ins on those days. Other days, it's a it's a call-in show. So yeah, tune back in. Okay. Subscribe so you don't uh, so you don't miss okay. the notifications. All right. Thanks for calling.
1: Okay. Well, thanks. No problem. Thanks. Bye.
0: You know, it seems like I always say, you know, after these things, I, that God that brings back some memories. I remember feeling the exact same way you know you walk into these situations you have no idea what's what's going on you don't understand the rules you don't understand the dynamics you you bring your own perspective and i think every one of us walks into this thinking that okay i'm going to court i'm going to get my day in court they're going to see through the lies and the deception and uh my reputation will be be re- restored and then you walk out going, what the hell just happened? You know? So, I mean, the only good part about the first, I mean, when I remember walking into mine thinking if I don't get 50-50, I'm screwed on the first initial temporary hearing. And I don't know what happened. I, uh, I'm i not sure what calmed me down. Actually, it was a friend of mine. For the A friend of mine I used to work with was the bailiff, uh, Maybe friend is a little, I mean, it's just an acquaintance, but, but it was enough to kind of calm me down. And, uh, when I got harpooned that first day, I was able to like, okay, you know what? I went from basically 80, 20 to 70, 30. I got some overnights that I would take in the kids to school. Cause the ex was, the ex was playing the same game that that last caller was talking about. It's like, Oh my God, he's horrible. He's unstable he's a, he's a danger to, to himself and the kids. And, and, you know, he's abusive emotionally and physically and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, what in the hell? You know, I remember thinking, Oh my God, I'm being accused of all this. It's like, you know, I've didn't done any of these things. It's like holy crap. And, uh, you know, and I was worried about my, the, 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 um, the reinvestigation I have to go through. Uh, I was worried about this last one. I had one a, um, a year God, is it a year ago now? might have been a year ago. Uh, and because of just the way things are, it actually got pushed from five years to six years. And I was worried. And they crawled through my, my, my past with a fine-tooth comb. The only thing that was really pleasant is whenever, you know, because they have to talk to me, they have to talk to a couple of different friends, they go talk to my neighbors, they, I mean, it's a, it's a, not a fun experience. And uh, when I was talking to the, to the investigator, I'm like, hey, uh, so last time you guys tried to get a hold of the ex, you just classified her as a hostile person because she was not cooperating. And he pulled out his paperwork and flipped some pages, and he's like, uh, let's see, what day is it?" He's like, "Oh man, we just you 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 just lucked out. It's like like a week. It was like a week on the other side, and because of the way it was, it was uh did not have to to talk to her. So I was I was <laughs> I was grateful for that because <laughs> these people are so freaking destructive, you know, and and sometimes they don't they don't uh they don't think through their actions meaning even though at the time i don't think she was working at that particular time you know i mean her whole survival was based off of me it absolutely would not have surprised me if she tried to torpedo my entire career and then not, and then been like well wait a minute you know, what do you mean there's no more money coming in? Camilla, oh, my God, I haven't seen you on the channel in forever. Hi, everyone. Hi, DSD. Hi, Camilla. Say, uh, Hopefully, you are doing well. And Pepe says, DSD, hello, sir. Pepe, the last time you were on, you were getting ready to have a bad time. And I never... I, I would appre- if you could could you send me a note or a comment or something I would just like to know a few months ago whenever you said hey I might be offline for a while if that worked out okay or whether you had to deal with you know I mean if it did happen um uh, if you I mean if you don't want to share that's that's fine but I've been worried about you man so I hope that you are doing all right So let me uh man that this this I can't believe we're at 650 already holy 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 cow I'm going to look back through some of the comments T Solo says, I was kicked out of my home, had to start paying child support, had to move in with parents. It took two years to recover from the restraining order that never went to court. Yeah. I, you know, I almost, I, I didn't have the restraining order. They threatened it. Uh, but um, there was a period of time where a friend of mine was like, Hey, man, you know, I have a spare room. You can stay here. And it was, it, you know, it's so tough cause you go through your life, you build, you know, you, you, you struggle and you, you build things up, you develop a career and then all of a sudden it's like everything is wiped away. And I mean, it, it's, it's just like, it was, it was, man, it was hard for me. It's like, wait a minute. You know, I've worked my entire career to, to have a good job, to make good money, to be a decent provider, to, uh have good credit and then everything is erased. You lose your credit, you lose your money, you lose you know your resources. And it was tough. I mean, I remember before we switched to uh before they finally agreed to 50-50, you know, so I was paying, you know, at 63, 64% of my take-take home pay was going to her, plus I still had to pay for my own house and food and gas and I'm like I remember Sitting in my office, and, and, and just, to, just to paint this picture, at the time, I was a senior manager. I ran the entire uh, operations section of where I work. I ran the phone guys, the cable maintenance folks, the com- small computer people, the help desk, the publications group, the spectrum wireless stuff, the LAMO radio stuff, Uh the servers, the network, all of that. And here I am thinking, oh my God, I may have to start sleeping in my office under my desk because I don't have the money to, to drive back and forth to home. I can't turn the air conditioner on because I can't afford the electricity. You know, I mean, it was, it was devastating And, uh, I had, because I was so worried about finances, I closed all the credit cards. So, you know, my big, huge limits I had access to that we, that we both had access to, I had to close those because I was scared to death the ex was going to go buy a freaking car and be like, Oh, that's joint debt. Oh yeah. You know, I just, you know, all, everything's maxed back out and that's a standard tactic that people do too not good times, right? I mean, so, and I bring that up because if you are, if I'm saying that and you're like, oh my God, that's my life. Look at me now. (laughs) Hopefully that's a positive thing. (laughs) But what I mean is, is that, you know, I've, I've emotionally recovered from this. I haven't necessarily financially recovered, but I am happy. I am happy with my life. I'm, I'm super happy of being away from, uh, away from uh, that situation. I am so grateful. I, to be honest, I am grateful for how nasty and vicious the ex was throughout this process because it, it facilitated the opportunity for me to get the heck out of there. All right, Pepe says, and this is what I was afraid you were going to say. So I was arrested and put in jail for 48 hours because I was on leave from my job due to COVID and was behind on child support and couldn't pay the arrears. See, this is so... And I'm sure, Pepe, what they tried to say is... God, that makes me angry. They probably tried to say, well, you just, you know, you intentionally... Got on there. You could be working. And they're like, well, I guess we'll just throw him in jail for a few days because, you know, no one wants to be in jail. Damn it, Pepe. I'm sorry, man. I, you know, I was worried about that. Uh, I hope you're keeping your head up through all of that. Ugh. Whoops. I hit a, another comment, which I didn't. Did I do that on purpose? How did I even do that? I don't even know how that happened. I'm going to pop that off because I wasn't expecting that. Um, man you that that god dang it that threw me for a for a loop Uh, he, oh good because I'm good now judge was wondering why someone that wasn't late before with zero criminal history was in jail see it there's too much damn power you know okay and, and what I, and I know we're running out of time so this is what I want to say because I know for me like reading this and dealing with this would have sent me into a tailspin eight or nine years tailspin eight or nine years ago. Because it's like it, the so the unfairness of it. If you're dealing with this, just know that whatever you're going through right now is just right now. You know, we all we can all get through this, overcome it. Just don't let it destroy you. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to break you. They're trying to prove to you, like, I have power over you. You know, I have control. You can't get away from me. Well, the reality is, as soon as uh, the 18 years is over and family court's done, there's not a whole hell of a lot they can do to you. Now, the reality is, if you're in arrears, the state is still going to come after you. The state is still going to harass you. But, but Pepe, what what you I, I, that has been my. I don't really worry about. I'm kind of to the point now that uh, yeah, you, I like this. You say DSD. It's a life lesson. I'm an optimistic person. That's kind of where I'm at now. I'm like, you know what? Whatever happens, I'm just going to roll with it. But I was so scared to death, like talking about before about you know worrying about my my career. I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to lose my job because of this psycho. And then I'm going to be in arrears and then they're going to throw me into jail. And then my whole, you know, and then, and then it's like that catastrophic thinking just started taking over. Uh, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to end up in that situation and I'm going to work as hard as I can to make sure. I mean, I got three years, a little less than three years left, three years left. The only thing I have left is alimony. And I fully understand that if I fall behind an alimony, I could probably still end up in jail. But, um, it'll be a little bit different than with um, child support because then I, if my understanding and I could be wrong is that once the kids are done, then that other money is a civil matter and it's, you know, a completely different, different thing. So, ah, well, Pepe, I am, I'm frustrated for you. Uh, your optimism is actually calming me down. So I appreciate that. So thank you for sharing. Sharing with that. Let me see what else is going on in the comments because we are we're running we're running out of time. Uh, let's see. Just looking at looking at the at the comments. Man, it feels like it should be a Friday. Oh man, Cammy says. Uh, Uh, well, I didn't, I tried to click it, said screw child support. I haven't been able to pay it yet. Hopefully I can make a comeback. Yeah, guys, here's the thing, if at all possible. And I get, I get sometimes like in my situation, if I would have lost my job and they would have had it assessed at the same amount, I don't know. I mean, I would have had to have won the lottery. Well, not win the lottery, but I would have had to fallen into a, just an obscene amount of money to be able to pay it. Um, if, if at any chance you can be, you know, not fall into the arrears thing, tr- try, right? Don't even play games if, if, if you, cause I did that a couple of times and it, uh, it made my life more complicated. I mean, it felt good at the time to have a little bit of payback, but, uh, ultimately it wasn't really worth it. So on that, I'm going to try to do this before the last few seconds. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. I appreciate the caller having the courage to call in and share their story and ask the questions. Uh, If you're new to the channel, make sure you subscribe, ring the bell notification so that YouTube will hopefully tell you what's going on or even sign up for the, uh, the SMS notification so that you, you don't miss a show. Now I do want to recognize the channel members and the list has been updated Uh, Not for the people who became members today. Thank you so much. Your support, even at the lowest level, all adds up and helps. Keeps the lights on, keeps things going, pays for, I mean, because there's reoccurring costs for all this stuff, and I appreciate all your support. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll be back here tomorrow.